This podcast is intended for entertainment and thought-provoking purposes only. The thoughts and views expressed are those of the hosts of Room 2008 and are meant to generate discussion about various topics and do not represent the views of any guest, platform, or network. Proceed with skepticism. Please enter Room 2008. Welcome to Room 2008. We are live late on a Thursday night. This is the latest that we've ever got on. We're live on twitch.tv slash room 2008 ENT. We're always live on Twitch. This is where you can interact with us, joke around with us, comments, uh, ask questions, anything. Uh, I think tonight we're also going to be live on Rumble. Actually, for the first time, I know we tried to go live on Rumble a couple weeks ago, but it didn't work out. Now we are. So this is going to be a big first for us. Um, we're going to see how it goes. We are going to be going over the Black Knight satellite tonight. I am Drew Nell, a.k.a. Tom Foolery, and I'm joined by my other co-host, Lance, uh, if you want to give your name. Oh, yeah. Commissioner Gordon. We're talking about the Black Knight tonight. Right. And uh, and there is a Gordon in our story. So uh, you, you may call me by Commissioner Gordon tonight. Absolutely. Oh, wow. And we are getting closer to Christmas. And as the song goes, he's donning his gay apparel. Peter, how you doing? <laughs> hey, man. You talking about my tool shirt? Yeah, you yeah. are a tool. What? Yeah. It's like you label yourself when you wear the shirt. Cue <laughs> it up. There it is. <laughs> Make that Yuletide game. Yep, I'm a, I'm a tool shirt guy. Anyway. Nice. Well, it looks like we are officially on Rumble. So I'm looking at That's it right so cool. now. Everything seems to be... Seems to be good. So, Man, hell there's, yeah. There's so much good stuff on Rumble, especially and, our stuff. We have all of our episodes on there now. Um, they're uploaded the same time as our podcast. So, usually we do them the next day. Uh, so, yeah, it's all up on Rumble now. We have something coming up in the works, which uh, we won't say yet um, until that all gets uploaded and finalized. But, uh, but as for now, Rumble is uh, you can catch our episodes if you're not able to you know, listen to the podcast or make the live stream. Big news coming. Big news. Yep. You know, I was about to spill the beans. I'm glad you brought it up first. Don't do it. That's one <clears> thing we don't do here. Conversation five minutes ago. <laughs> Peter, you spilled some beans in your life. How was that? <laughs> yeah. What was that soundbite? You got one in there somewhere. About you, what? Got, you got a soundbite for any anything. Situation. Yeah, any situation that we're in. What? I don't, See, so, I, don't even, I don't even have to. I don't even have to show up. Almost vomited. Literally, literally, Andrew is like the living version of AI. He, he just spits, <laughs> he's had enough documented uh, voiceovers, and 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 you know he's been on screen with you long enough to know how you are. Hey, and, so and, how many episodes are we in? Uh, 
70 something or like 71 72 something like that wow Peter, can you imagine when we're at like 500 or a thousand the catalog of fucking shit you've said that he's gonna <laughs> we're gonna like release a book it's gonna be the, the 500th episode book of uh catalog of uh, control all pete he I've does got a have here. Big ass I got a pretty good one here right. of you, Lance, if you want to hear it. Uh-oh. What's that? I said I got a good one here of you if you want to hear it. No, I'm good. I've, I've heard them all when I said them. Mmm, <laughs> <laughs> juicy. Gonna, oh, that was me. <laughs> we're going to rub the uh, books down personally with onions just so when the customer gets them, they can have that personal feel. I did laugh in the in the kitchen uh, earlier today. I, I was cooking with onions. I was. Most people cry. You laugh. There he goes. Up, oh, the government's on. Well, I guess it's hey. just me and up oh, there. He is. He's back, and I'm back. I thought he went work. off to try some passwords to get into that MH370 uh, <laughs> for our files. Oh yeah, I saw that. What's yeah. going on? Anyway, we'll talk about it. But uh, yeah, let's hit at this Black Knight satellite. I I had no idea what this thing was. I mean, I've heard about it, but uh, yeah, I've, I've heard of it and and seen the name floating around, but I didn't really kind of know exactly what it was peter did you have any rumor but it's actually a thing it it's not what i thought it was what do you think it was i thought it was uh, if there's like this planet x or something uh it has a name uh but uh there's like some people think there's like a there's like the sun and the moon and there's something else that contributes to an eclipse it's not that yeah yeah, I didn't know. I didn't know what well. to expect um, on ours, but did did the research as best we could. Um, so we're just gonna have a chill conversation about it. And I think the research we have right now, if you look at any video, any information on it, it's all right here. Like seriously, yeah. I, I like uh, this particular subject. We have everything that uh, has been out there to discuss, and we're gonna be able to do this within like an hour. So uh, I think this can be a good episode for anybody that's that knows about it or is hearing it for the first time because we got everything compiled right. from all these different sources into one. So yeah, so just, yeah. So just to start it off, I'll, I'll kind of give a brief little synopsis of what it is, and then we'll go into um, kind of who's who's supposedly seen it, discovered it, heard it, tracked it, all that stuff. So apparently, it is a um, unknown space debris could be an alien craft it could be an alien satellite uh that's some of the theories that have been uh that's been orbiting earth for over thirteen thousand years say what nobody knows what it is nasa doesn't know what it is uh the russians don't know what it is um astronomers don't know what it is but it is verified it's there that's uh the conspiracy is not that whether it exists or not the conspiracy is what the fuck is it mm-hmm. so they've all acknowledged it Oh yeah, we got pictures. Times, yeah. There's pictures. I'm intrigued. Pictures. I'm intrigued. Well, I I know nothing about this. I'm going in cold to this, so I'm going to be reaction guy tonight. So I'm going to go in on the I'm front ready end. To be impressed. Say, there are pictures. Pictures were taken later. There were pictures that were taken earlier that have not come up. Um, there's this big mix up with the pictures, but the facts are the facts that it's been observed before right. the pictures too. So. Uh, there's the conspiracy here about the pictures that were taken at a later time. So there are pictures, but that's sort of like kind of the conspiracy behind it part. Everything else is pretty factual. Yeah. So Lance, you just said you uh, on the front end, Peter, uh, you get the back end. <laughs> I'll take the front. 
Oh, no, it's too messy back there. <laughs> <laughs> Learned my lesson last time. Oh, my God. All right, well, Ow. so one interesting thing about the Black Knight satellite is uh, a lot of people think Tesla actually made contact with it in 1899. Oh, um, Tesla the dude. Yeah, the dude, yeah. Not, okay. the, not the car company. Okay. The dude, the guy, that you know, that guy. Thanks for clarifying that. Yeah. I really like the Cybertruck, sorry. Me too. Um, so he was uh, he was at his lab in Colorado Springs, and he was messing with um, sending out radio signals and stuff like that. And he started to get something back, some sort of transmission back, and he didn't know what it was. Um, and it really kind of spooked him. So I was going to read over some of his quotes. Um, uh, he went in, he went to the press about this stuff. Um, let me see if I can find where he wrote this at. <laughs> It was in, I think it was like in 1902, um, is when he kind of came out with it and actually did a, uh, did a quote on it. Um, yeah, it was 1901. Yeah. Sorry, um, it was in an article titled "Talking with the Planets for Collier's Weekly." Uh, Tesla claimed he re uh, received strange signals while experimenting with radio at his lab, like I just said. Uh, so he said, "Even now, at times, I can vividly recall that incident." and see my apparatus as though it was actually before me, wrote Tesla. My, my first observations positively terrified me as there was present in them something mysterious, not to say supernatural, and I was alone in my laboratory that night. But at that time, the idea of these disturbances being intelligently controlled signals did not yet present itself to me. Um, <laughs> is place periodically and with such a clear suggestion of number and order that they were not traceable to any cause then known to me. I was familiar, of course, with electrical disturbances as are produced by the sun, aurora borealis, and earth currents, and I was sure as I could be of any fact that these variations were due to none of these causes. Peter left again. That internet spotty. I know. Must be uh, the Black Knight satellite corrupted his Let's signal. And did it again. This isn't a good look for our first stream on Rumble. <laughs> well, you know, this is the first time it's happening. It could be something to do with that. So, could be. Maybe so. But you could be right. It might be the Black Knight satellite trying to kick him off. Oh, man. It's inter interrupting. It does feed. come and go. So, you know. Gross. That was a little. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, he's uh, he came out with that. And then I'm going to go over some other quotes over the various years, ranging from 1899 to 1935. Uh, in 1899, he's quoted as saying, we're getting messages from the clouds 100 miles away, possibly many times that distance. Do not leak it to the reporters. Um, he's on record as stating, uh, movements on instrument repeated many times, concludes it to be message from another planet. In 1901, the feeling is constantly growing on me that I had been the first to hear the greetings of one planet to another. Um, so yeah, he, he is under the impression that he is talking to some sort of alien beings or another planet. Um, mm -hmm. now do they call this thing a satellite because it's just orbiting the planet? I think so. Yeah. It's not like a rogue satellite. Or well, they, they call it a satellite because it's, uh, we'll get into it, but there's a lot of reports of, uh, uh, signals being off of, it, you know, coming off of it. Uh, they can kind of uh, messages that are coming off of it. You know, I hate to throw it kind of all out there, but it's the conspiracy is it might be a, a satellite that's relaying messages somewhere else. Yeah. So the use of it is technically a satellite, 
I guess. Hmm. Yep. Yeah. Um, it's so, scary. Yeah, it, it actually is. I mean, um, I mean, this stuff, you know, if it's been orbiting for 13,000 years and then you have someone as reputable as Tesla thinking he's making contact with something like that, then that's, uh, that's pretty crazy. If it's able to communicate, yeah, then it would have mm-hmm. to be a craft of some type. Right. Mm-hmm. Or... Yep. So another uh, another main one of his quotes that he said during this, 22 years ago, this was in 1922, about 22 years ago while experimenting in Colorado with a wireless power plant, I obtained extraordinary experimental evidence of the existence of life on Mars. I had perfected wireless receiver, I had perfected a wireless receiver of extraordinary sensitiveness far beyond anything known, and I caught signals, which I interpreted as meaning one, two, three, four. I believe the Martians use numbers for communication because numbers are universal. Mm-hmm. Another, hmm. That's an that's interesting that's, thought. Isn't it? One of his most popular quotes about this. Yeah, it's numbers universal. That he was talking about extraterrestrials. Mm-hmm. Dude, that guy got a bad rap. Like everybody thought he was just a mad scientist. I swear, the mad scientist comes from Tesla. Like the image, you know, the just what their yeah. everybody's image is of Tesla. Of course, he's like a very you know um, regal looking dude, but like. Everybody just thought he was just crazy. Could probably, he like, you know, touch one of the coils and like bolts of electricity would come out of his skin and it wouldn't kill him? The badass. That's what they call that nowadays. It's like, you, you want to you try that real quick while we're on air? <laughs> Wait, touch that moon in the back that's glowing. I'm sure it's not grounded. Wait, there's a socket nearby here. Hold on. <laughs> you got a paper clip? <laughs> so uh what else you got on tesla that's interesting stuff yeah, I, got a, I got a couple more um one day my ear caught what seemed to be regular signals i knew that they could not have been produced on earth the possibility that they came from mars occurred to me but the pressure of business affairs caused me to drop the experiment so just like everybody else you got caught up in his work to pursue crazier stuff yeah i don't know i would scrap anything i was doing to pursue that yeah, no. Would you, you would think. I mean, if, if you're legitimately getting, uh, you know, yeah, if, if stuff I was on getting, planet. Hmm, that's weird. Peter, if you're on the Saving that's the Planet, weird. somebody came in and said, "Hey, we'll give you ten thousand dollars to print the the paint this uh, print." You would stop saving the world, and you would paint that fucking print. I already know it. <laughs> It'd be an awesome print. <laughs> so uh, one of the remote viewers says, "Did he go into detail on how we knew they didn't come from Earth?" I think uh, basically because it was of technology that nobody had yet i guess uh especially by him because he was i mean he invented the right you know the uh the stuff he was hearing and, and transmitting back he was he invented that so right. uh, i think that was he, he was under the impression that that's why it could not be of anything of the earth he so he was saying most that, important things yeah um, he was saying there's a very uh uh um periodical notion to it so it wasn't just like a random heat yeah. sends out a, a thing and it comes back it was very much like or, it, it was organized order. and yeah yeah now there is uh, some thought behind it and we'll, we'll we'll get to the end of some people are saying well what he was actually receiving was this but nothing has ever been said that that's factual there's just a conspiracy behind even that of course there's a conspiracy for everything yeah. but there are stars out there that uh, emit certain waves at certain times, you know? Right. And now they're looking back and saying, Oh, that might've been that might've been this, but that doesn't explain the other stuff we're going to talk about. Yeah. So one of the last things I got on Tesla, he actually wrote to the American red cross 
um, over Christmas in 1900. And he said, um, pay attention. Uh, this is, there, there's another little uh, Easter egg in here. I've observed electrical actions which have appeared inexplicable, faint and uncertain though they were. They have given me a deep conviction and foreknowledge that ere long all human beings on this globe as one will turn their eyes to the firmament above with feelings of love and reverence, thrilled by the glad news. Brethren, we have a message from another world, unknown and remote. It reads one, two, three. Mmm, juicy. Now, why why you got to say something like that? Bob, why you got to put that F word in there? A firmament. <laughs> well, it's weird because like he, he, he said the globe. Uh, foreknowledge that ere long all human beings on this globe will turn their eyes to the firmament. But this is mentions firmament. So this is a can of worms topic for another time. But uh, y'all know who Eddie Bravo is, right? Sure, love Eddie Bravo. Um, I listened to him on something recently talking about Tesla, mm-hmm. and uh, he was like, "I think Tesla was a made-up character." Why? And I, and I was oh he he went on a big spiel about it. I uh, but uh. He's like on this uh, Tartaria stuff, hardcore. Like he thinks that the reset happened more recently than we realize. Oh yeah, but you know who knows? That's that's a separate topic for another day. But uh, it's interesting that Tesla uh, detected something that I guess I guess it had a distinct pattern to it. Well, mm-hmm. I want to I want to mention this comment. I, I I've put it up here twice. That's very that's a brilliant way of thinking about it because we assume like anytime somebody invents something, we talk about it happening in the past. It's hard to even grasp the fact that if you're the only person doing it at the time and you invented something, and you're inventing that technology. Anything in return can't be. It has to be natural, or it has to be from another yes. source. It can't be. You know. Yeah. So, like, imagine being the one guy who invented electrical signals. So, getting another electrical signal coming from Earth, like, that would be scary sitting in a dark room hearing these signals coming into Earth, and you're the only person to know this. Right. Like, being that smart to to understand that you're the only one that could figure this stuff out. That's crazy. Yeah. Man, and I would have um, scrapped everything. I would I would have even paused the death ray. <laughs> yeah. Paint that painting. It, he finished it, and I think he had it under his bed or something. <laughs> you know, in case there's a home invasion, you you can uh, you can vaporize them. <laughs> Speaking of vape, oh yeah. So there's another um, there's another uh, Italian inventor and scientist that uh, that agreed with him. Uh, apparently, this guy stole uh, one of uh, Tesla's inventions, but uh, he wrote uh, in 1920. Uh, his name was his last name was Marconi. I forgot his first name. Um, but he said, "I've encountered during my experiments with wireless telegraphy a most amazing phenomenon. Most striking of all is receipt by me personally of signals which I believe oriented in the space beyond our planet. I believe it's entirely possible that these signals may have been sent by the inhabitants of another planet, or I'm sorry, the inhabitants of other planets to the inhabitants of Earth." So you got a guy, the Italian Tesla, I guess you can say. Interesting. They're um, saying the same thing. And Thomas Edison even agreed with this guy. Uh, he said, Thomas Edison said, although I'm not an expert in wireless telegraphy, I can plainly see that mysterious wireless interruptions 
uh, experience by Mr. Marconi's operators may be good grounds for theory that inhabitants of other planets are trying to signal us. Mr. Marconi is quite right in stating that this is entirely within the realm of the possible. Hmm. Yeah. So you have a lot of the the Change great, greatest minds in terms of inventors and, you know, scientists and stuff like that. They're getting some pretty weird stuff here in the early, early 1900s. Hell of a time to be inventing or thinking about that kind of, or studying that type of technology. What if like uh, in Seda Reticuli, the aliens are like way ahead of us. They've done all this already and they're just way ahead of us. And uh, they're looking down at us just like, like just cringing out. Like, <laughs> oh, oh, what are they doing? Oh my God. Oh. I'm sure they're cringing for other reasons, watching us as humans down here, just oh, yeah. changing everything. I wonder what they would cringe out at the most. Probably the fact what? that we're not focused on uh, interstellar stuff. We're focused on our social media. But anyways, you know, it's like... Hmm. You we'll know, get one on and see. Like, these motherfuckers have the ability to, to, to fly across space, and yet they're checking their TikTok. What, huh? what if... Uh, what if Tesla was just tuning into like future alien ASMR? <laughs> <laughs> it's just whispering, crumpling some papers or whatever those people do. I hope it's a beat so They prefer not to be called people, Peter. <laughs> How dare you? So we have a lot to unravel. Uh, unravel it, Lance. Unravel it like a Christmas present. Well, I just want to make sure you're done with Tesla because <laughs> we're about to go into some other stuff that's, you know, he was so. It was so ahead of the time. We're about to jump 50 years. You already? Yeah, do it. All right. So 1953 was the initial sighting. Tesla was what, 1900, 1902, something like that? Yeah, he, he thought that. he got the signals in 1899. So, yeah, this is 50-something years later. Yeah. And the conspiracy, in case we don't come back, was that they're thinking now maybe Tesla was hearing pulsars, you know, that were right. in, a, in a pattern. But – Again, there's so much information we're about to go into, so you take it or leave it. That's still pretty interesting. I mean, that's that's awesome. Uh, 1953 was the initial sighting. Uh, four years before the USSR launched Sputnik 1, Dr. Lincoln Lopez of the University of New Mexico spotted an unknown object orbiting the Earth. This is back in 1953, okay? So, 19, and, and he just kind of noted it. It, there was some something unusual about it, which we'll get into, but uh, that was the first sighting of it. In 1954 through 1957, there was a lot of growing interest in this. Uh, sightings multiplied globally. Everybody started reporting it. The U.S. Department of Defense appointed astronomer Clyde W. Uh, I'm going to call him Tom Ball. Yeah, Tom Ball sounds right. Tom Ball. Yeah, he was a fame for discovering Pluto. So uh, Peter might know this guy. Um, they assigned this guy to investigate, get a team together, right? To investigate the, these sightings and what they're actually looking at. Well, Tomball studies, the, the results were never released, but it's, it's a fact that they got that team to study this, uh, anomaly that they were seeing in the sky. Right. So it was never released, but in December, 1957, uh, there was a photograph that was taken. The Pentagon never formally released the results of Dr. Tombaugh's study, and no more was heard about the object until December 1957 when Dr. Uh, I'm going to call him Luez, 
of the or, or yeah, Luis of the communications ministry in Venezuela photographed it. Now I was going to ask uh, anybody here. I tried to find the that photo. It's not like published, but everybody says that there was a photo. I, I can't find 19- it. Really? Yeah, I couldn't either. Any Damn. sources I looked at didn't have a photo, but everybody said this guy photographed it in nineteen. Um, yeah, he yeah he photographed it as it was going over Venezuela. Um, and I think some stuff caught his eye, didn't it? Like this this is weird. So this um, was yeah, so um yeah, so he spotted it because the first modern satellite, Sputnik one, had been launched two months earlier. And um Dr. Uh, Luez was taking pictures of Sputnik two as it passed over Caracas and he noticed it was uh, in retrograde orbit, right. which means it's going east to west spin, opposite of the Sputnik, which is prograde Earth spin from west to east. So, and I'll kind of explain that because I, I kind of figured that one out too. But this was impossible at the time. Right. So what he's seeing, following basically uh, Sputnik, um, is going the opposite direction, going basically against Earth spin. Mm-hmm. Oh shit! Which is technology that they didn't have. Uh, yeah. So the, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So when when he looked up at the at, at Sputnik, um, uh, Doctor Kraus was like, "Is that Sputnik?" And his partner said, "It could be that." <laughs> <laughs> My voice. Right. So uh, basically, <laughs> if anybody wants to kind of hear that twice, uh, it was in retrograde orbit. It was going east to west and you know as you think this like sunrise right east to west but actually the earth spins the opposite direction west to east which is what all the satellites were doing at the time and they're observing something going the opposite direction and this is back in like 1957 yeah uh how far out are we talking here so um there so earlier detections i believe the first detection was from the 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 Tomball guy was looking into it uh, when they were watching it. There was one at uh, four hundred miles, and then like six hundred miles. It was like three hundred, six hundred, or four hundred, six hundred. But they thought they were seeing two at different um, areas. And we're gonna get into the the um, a little bit about why that matters. Obviously, like how close it was, you know. But um, yeah, it's a good question. I don't know exactly at that time what they were thinking. You know, there's supposed to be massive debris fields orbiting the planet, like dangerously. No, that's in the ocean. Oh yeah, I guess that too. <laughs> you know, yeah, if you if, think if, about it, like back the in the day, they really wouldn't have had anything because everything in orbit is gonna eventually fall into Earth. Does it, right? or does it just stay in orbit? It will. It depends on. So when they lock things in orbit, you know, they have certain speeds and stuff like that. You know, they have to lock it in. But every now and then they have to push it back out. They have to kind of get that momentum going again. Yeah. And um, so that's what they were saying. And one of the conspiracies we'll get into about this was, oh, it was like a a blanket and it already fell into Earth and blah, blah, blah. But the reality is uh, this thing's been around and being documented for, you know, decades. And, uh, you know, if it wasn't being manned or, or uh, figured out, it would have, it would fall into earth. So, oh, so it has to be piloted. 
Yeah, I mean, it's not like our moon, you know, just sits out there. And I think the moon, like, even changes a little bit over the years or something, too. Yeah, we always see the same side. Um, so let's see, where were we? Uh, they, yeah, we're at retrograde orbit. This is 1957. The first modern satellite goes up, and they're seeing this thing as it passed over. This is uh, Dr. Uh, Lewis or Louise uh, Corrales. Um, yeah, I'm not even gonna, yeah, Dr. Corrales myself anymore on that. What's that? I said, yeah, Dr. Corrales, I guess. Let's uh, let's move on to NORAD. What they saw. All right. So you want to take that one? Um, so apparently NORAD, uh, which is the North American Air Defense System, they detected, was it named the Black Knight Satellite at this time? At that time. In 1960, it was dubbed the night in okay. the Black the Black Knight, yeah. This was so they, this is when? 1960. So these periods, uh, they would see it, they would document it, they would talk about it, but nothing ever kept, caught on. Yeah. And in the 1960, it famously changed to where people started giving a name. It came out in magazines, publications, people started talking about it, but none of this ever actually caught on right. even after all that. So, yeah. So this, this is 41 years before nine 11, Peter. <laughs> He's doing some oh, quick yeah. math. That's, that's year zero. I, right. We established that. Yeah. <laughs> right. Got to get a timeline, right? So they've, they detected the black Knight. forget. Sorry. Ow. What's weird when NORAD detected it, they detected the the satellite in polar orbit and it was huge. It had a mass of 15 tons. So the weird thing about that, it was in polar orbit. Nobody had nobody had that ability yet. The we didn't have it, the Americans didn't have it, Russians didn't weren't able to put anything in polar orbit. And polar orbit is something now now that we have that ability, that's something that you do to like monitor the entire Earth. Like weather satellites go in polar orbit. Sentinel one goes in polar orbit. It's stuff like I, I guess you it must be. It must. I, I don't know this, and this is kind of embarrassing if it's wrong. But I'm I'm assuming it's like going up and around. No, because it's going. Never <laughs> uh, screw it. I think scary. in polar orbit, it's like it's got to be going north pole, south pole. Yeah, but that's not the way that this goes. So that can't be it. Yeah, that was. It's going instead of going like around the equator. It's going. Like North Pole to South Pole, if the Earth oh. is a globe. If that oh, makes sense. really? Then why did everybody laugh at me if I was right? That's just a shitty audience. <laughs> they, they scared me. It was so sudden. Um, so yeah, that's that had not been yet discovered, or as, as far as the Americans and Russians were concerned, uh, nobody had that ability to put something up in, in polar orbit like that. Plus, it was huge. It was fifteen tons. There wasn't any rockets or anything available to carry something that heavy with that much mass into space like that. How they know how heavy it was. I was going to ask that myself. Hmm. I don't know. How do, we, how do we know how heavy the sun is? Yeah. Like, how do we know anything? Hmm. Maybe nothing. Maybe we're in a, in a dome and there's no space and all this just for, uh, entertainment. Well, uh, I'm formulating a theory as I'm hearing more about this and, We'll we'll cover it in the wild speculation, but this is juicy. Keep keep going, keep going. So yeah, this um basically put everybody into a frenzy um, because they didn't know what it was. I think I don't. I think they may have thought it was Russia because they were under the impression that you know Russia didn't put anything to polar orbit. But who's to say? Obviously, you see something like that. We're in the space race. Mm-hmm. Oh shit! This is a Russian satellite in polar orbit. God knows what it's doing. You know, kind of thing. 
production people are like rushing on the set of the moon. They're rushing know. on the set of the moon. They're just like, we, we got to get this together. And all this, and I found it interesting that they were saying like, oh, it's in polar orbit. And we're like four years away from having that technology. Everything's like right there, right before, you know, uh, which is mm. interesting because who's to say like, well, they're five years ahead of us. So chances are it could be them, yeah. you know, and was this only four years. Was this NORAD that tracked it for three weeks and then it just disappeared? Well, a lot of people tracked it. Yeah, it was it was NORAD that picked it up and tracked it for uh, two or three weeks. Uh, that was NORAD, but there so were it's other still cases floating around well. up there somewhere. Oh, it's still up there. Well, like I said before, it does come and go. So just like gross. Peter, just like Peter. Yeah. Gross. <laughs> I don't know if there's another way to say it. <laughs> so, but get this, Peter. The New York Times and Time Magazine both reported it. The New York Times of February 11th, 1960 said exactly, uh, and I wish I had, I was looking at another podcast and, and they had this voice behind it, which was really cool. But anyways, I'm just going to say it with my, you know, uh, dull voice. Uh, an unidentified silent satellite has been discovered circling the Earth in a near polar orbit by United States tracking stations. The Defense Department said today, the identity and origin of the mystery satellite, which has been dubbed the Dark Knight, are not known despite nearly two weeks of tracking. This is the New York Times referring to NORAD trying to, to uh, track this thing, figure out what it is. Time Magazine comes out in March. So you have February, NORAD detection, uh, February 11th, the, Washington, the New York Times comes out with a statement and then the Times Magazine article in March 7th, 1960, publishes an article on the Black Knight revealing its mysterious nature and unusual circumstances of its detection. Uh, but over time, this remarkable discovery fades from public attention and is, and is basically just buried in, in uh, NASA's weekly catalog of just like debris. Like they just, yeah. It's you know it's just no big deal. It's something out there. We're not we're not too concerned about it, even though it it completely just destroys our technology at the time. I bet right. they guess its weight. It's and they just guess. But doesn't it look big to you? Does it look big? Yeah, it looks big. It looks like an oil tanker. Yeah, let's say look, fifteen tons. It yeah. looks thick. They have no idea what it's made of. It's or true. do they? Or, I don't think they know what it's made of. Then what the hell? So uh, how do you know how much it weighs? How the how did they weigh it? My well, maybe they have more information than we can provide because at this point they're trying to, um, you know, do more cover up damage than anything else, right? Right. Yeah. I'm. Uh, you know what? Or maybe that's true, but then we hear like you know oh, something else. Uh, it's it's probably it's probably something. I don't know. I'll get into it later. I don't know. I don't want to spoil yeah, it. Yeah, let's keep let's keep going with the timeline here. So yeah. March, then we go into September. Uh, this is uh, seven months after detection. A tracking camera at Grunman, uh, Grumman Aircraft Corporation's Long Island factory captures a photograph of the uh, satellite. Observers on the ground have been spotting it for about two weeks. A red glowing object moving in an east to west orbit contrary to the west-to-east movement of most satellites at the time. The speed is notably three times normal. Um, so, again, it's it's you have magazines picking up. You have uh, articles. There was a lot of 
publicity behind it, you know, right. uh, that. Uh, then you have, you know, tracking cameras at aircraft corporations and, and tracking it. But um, nobody really ever, it never hit mainstream until, uh, I'd say, uh, Gordon Cooper. Old Commissioner Gordon comes in the picture. Old GC. Old GC. You want to take that one? Uh, yeah, but before that, um, in, in 1961, before this, um, a a French, uh, I don't know if he's an astronomer or scientist, his name was, uh, I guess, Jacques Vallée, I guess is yeah. what his name was. Uh, he yeah. was tracking and filming the Black Knight satellite from his Paris lab, and he noticed it was in polar orbit, which was, you know, obviously weird to him. Um, he said it was very, it, it was dark and cigar shaped, which is the only report I've found in doing research that described it like that. Everyone else said it was, uh, they didn't mention it being cigar shaped, but it could have been the angle he was looking at it or saw it, you know? Mm -hmm. So there's a phallic object hurling through the atmosphere. Like Austin Powers. <laughs> That's not falling to earth. I wish it's it was. It's staying up. <laughs> I can go out and bend right over. <laughs> All right. I couldn't think of a witty comeback for that. Uh, All right. Jock Ballet, too. He's still alive. <laughs> he is. He's still alive, and this haunts him to this day, supposedly. Um, so he put this huge report together, all the film, all the photographs, all the research, all you know, the, the tracking of it, all the data and everything. Took it to a supervisor. And it was immediately confiscated and destroyed. Um, the reason, the, the official reason for that was the observatory was embarrassed that they couldn't identify what it was. That is and, bullshit. And, Ameri and they thought the Americans would have uh, laughed at them and made fun of them. And what's the point of being, uh, that's the whole point of being a scientist. You don't know what something is. You work. You science. To figure out what it is. You so do that, that science. Makes, that makes no sense. You don't. They want people to only do is. science in the field that they can, you know, tell everybody something. But so yeah, I just I don't understand why you would do all this work into trying to figure out what it was, and then put this whole report together, and then you trash it because you don't know what it. That's that's BS, if you ask me. Yeah, yeah. There's they're covering for something, and if it's been floating up there for thirteen thousand years. I don't know. We've thrown a lot of numbers around on this podcast, but 13,000 is an interesting number. That's uh, 11,000 BC, apparently. Uh, so I don't know. What if it's like, so, well, we'll get, we'll get, I have something to say about that yeah, too, it's, as it's far as time. Down, okay. Huh? But, uh, I said, calm down, Peter. It's okay. It's all right. I'm excited. We'll I'm sorry. Started. I cut him off. I want to hear what he said. I just, I get excited too about the, Oh uh, no, uh, just, just a light hint at what we'll talk about in the speculation segment. It could be like an uh, an ancient like mechanism or part of the, the Earth system. I I kind of think that's what like the pyramids and all that stuff is. I think it has something to do with the sky. I don't Good. know. It's it's uh, it's crazy talk. But if you, you watch know. videos on this, there's a lot of uh, pyramids and and ancient stuff that shows an item in the sky that everybody is kind of praising, you know, and, and worshiping. So. Right. Oh um, yeah, over people's heads. No pun intended. Right. Let's, let's get into let's get into old Commissioner Gordon, dude. This guy. Did you watch? Uh, this guy is incredible. 
He is the Beautiful. first. So Gordon, I just to backtrack a little bit, uh, we're at 1963, right? 1960, all this stuff comes out on the satellite. Uh, 1961, um, we had uh, Jacques Vallée, right? Was that 1961? Yeah. Gordon Cooper, 1963. So this guy is the only astronaut that's fallen asleep during liftoff. <laughs> and uh, he literally was like, if you were to like picture the badass, just like, all right, man, let's just do it. Just like, you know, throw me out. Like the uh, evil Knievel of space. He was that guy. You know, a lot of, uh, a lot of stuff's happened to this guy. But, um, Three years later, in 1963, Mercury 9 astronaut Gordon Cooper, the only astronaut basically just to, to, to handle all this stuff, uh, you know, fall asleep during liftoff and land aircrafts when all the system failures and all this kind of stuff, was launched into space on his uh, 22nd orbit mission in the Faith in the Faith 7th capsule. On his final orbit, he reported seeing a glowing green shape ahead of his capsule and heading in his direction. So uh, I don't know how you pronounce that. The uh, Machia, I guess. Yeah, Machia Tracking Station in Australia, which Cooper uh, reported this to, was also able to pick up, pick it up on radar, uh, radar traveling in an east-to-west orbit. The event was reported by NBC, but reporters were forbidden to ask Cooper about the event on his landing. And the official explanation is that the electrical malfunction in the capsule, uh, the capsule. Maybe you should read from now on. Has had <laughs> caused high levels of carbon dioxide, which induced hallucinations. Yeah. So everybody's seeing this shit, and this guy who's like been up there, you know, twenty second orbit mission, and just a badass. And he, yeah. he talks, it's like this. Yeah, yeah, this guy, this guy manually landed the spacecraft coming back in one time because all the systems failed. Manually landed it. He he's the astronaut's astronaut. You know, hmm. like when you think of an American astronaut in the sixties, you know, that's that's that guy. He's the prototype. Hmm. And their their excuse for this was, Oh, some carbon dioxide got in and he was hallucinating. Even when they, they saw it. Like yeah, on, on exactly. Radar. Even when yeah. even when other people were tracking it and, and, and saw it. Man, what are they covering up? Peter, do you think something stinks? Something stinks. <laughs> I can smell it through the screen. I was waiting on you to do something tomfoolery. <laughs> Pull some tomfoolery. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna. Um, I was gonna say. So, like uh, Jacques, his description of it, it was dark and cigar shaped. Uh, this is the only time I've seen it where somebody said it. It had like a dark gr- or a green, greenish. Mm-hmm. Uh, hey, dude, I've a, seen a people greenish say hue. Hue, a light greenish hue. Uh, he also, yeah. Some people say I've seen people say red. Some people just say it's dark, and uh, now we got we got green. So, colors so, of the rainbow. So it can change colors. Possibly. There's a lot of good stuff on this guy. If you want to go down another rabbit hole entirely, look up Gordon Cooper, and there's some videos, interviews. He's talking about the stuff he saw in the sky, and uh, hundreds of crafts he saw one time. Um, oh. We can do an episode on him. Yeah, what, he's, what, he's a pretty good guy. What uh, rank of Freemason was he? Yeah, right. I don't know, but you gotta, gotta chill, chill out on Mark. <laughs> Sorry, I was adjusting it. Sorry, I just barely touched it. Wow, it's so sensitive. <laughs> okay, moving on. All right. Sorry, all right. that was forty-two minutes fifty-four seconds. <laughs> I got that, one that, down. that was gonna come back and haunt me. <laughs> 
I'm gonna I'm gonna shut up now because my alcohol's kicking in. This gin is kicking my ass. So yeah, uh, are you, you are you are you buzz are you buzzing? Are you Buzz Aldrinin? I'm Buzz Aldrinin. That should have been your name for tonight. Well, in retrospect. So yeah, yeah. Um, ham operators were even getting uh, messages and transmissions in from something strange. Um, Ooh, ham. Sorry. 43 minutes, 27 seconds. <laughs> oh, it was a throwaway. They were getting some LDEs. Uh... Sorry. So the ham radio operators was an interesting thing. I, I wouldn't really even uh, I didn't really find that very interesting until kind of. Well, I mean, you got, you know, you have, you have amateurs and, and, you know, people that have their own ham set up They're They're getting this weird stuff too. You know, it's not just like you don't have to have some big elaborate observatory to, to get these transmissions and stuff like that. Ham. Oh, can't find any photos of the satellite because all the links to the images were taken down in 2013. That's Allegedly. probably true. Um, I mean, I, I believe you, Emily girl, on that one. That's that's when the uh, that's when the uh, uh, the the dead internet uh, started. The internet started to shrink. Yeah, and there's Shrinkage. only a few. There's only a few images that that you can find. Yeah. Uh, yeah, everybody says there are photographs out there, but yeah, you can only find the ones that NASA took in '98. Right. Due to internet shrinkage, this image is unavailable. Mm-hmm. All right. So let's keep rolling. It's good. It's good stuff. Good stuff. <laughs> I couldn't make it to the crickets in time. Uh, go ahead and uh, go ahead and dun- jump to Duncan Lunan. This guy. All right. So what intrigued me about the ham radio stuff going into Duncan is that. Um, it was off and on. It wasn't like a constant thing, this long delay echo. I thought it was like what everybody picked up. Apparently, yeah. it, it was like only in this time period when they were uh, noting all this black um, night satellite stuff. So, Duncan Lunan's deciphering basically back in the... So, this is the 1970s now. Scottish astronomer and scientist uh, Duncan, Duncan Lunan. I got to say that slowly. In a paper presented to the British Interplanetary, Planetary, you read it, dude. I'm telling you, I'm starting to blur here. Society in 1973 noticed a correspondence between the LDE effect and the periodic appearances of the Black Knight. To go further, he claimed that these echoes carried messages. Remember what we were talking about earlier? The satellite? Uh, They carried messages and star maps, which he was able to decode. All right. Well, yeah, 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 the messages he, the way he interpreted the messages, they it, it found out that it was it came to be a star map. Oh mm-hmm. shit! If that makes sense, the way he was transcoding them and, and stuff like that. Kind of yeah, like, kind of like uh, that Betty lady. She drew a star map. Right. Oh yeah, that's right. That was our last episode. I forgot all about that. Seems like yeah, so long good ago. connection there. If you haven't checked out our episode, what episode was that? Barney and Betty Hill. That's right. Just last week. (laughs) (laughs) Just a a couple hundred hours ago. (laughs) 13,000 years ago, it seems like. Barney who? (laughs) So so the transmission corresponded to a star chart, which would have been plotted from Earth 13,000 years ago. And uh, and it focused on a star system of Epsilon Boetis. Boetis. So, at first, this is interesting that 
the stars did not align. And then they said that, well, he said that one star did not align. I have it written down, but I, I guess it's irrelevant. So like the main star, right? And uh, and then he had to look at his math here. And because the earth is on tilted axis and it kind of wobbles around, you had to calculate what the, what the, the, what the sky would look like from earth 13 years, 13,000 years ago. And mm-hmm. then, then it matched like a perfect match. Right. The only thing that bothers me about that is uh, wouldn't all the stars be different? Yeah. Why do they focus on like one star was off? Which hmm. I don't know if anybody can. I'm sure there's an explanation, but they kept saying that one star was off. And if you go back 13,000 years, I, don't, I would think all the stars. Guys, we got some. We got some people watching on Rumble right now. So if y'all, if y'all are aware of this or can provide any insight to this, uh, all right, Rumble, uh, hell yeah, hit us, up in the, hit us up in the chat so we can uh, help help understand what the fuck's going on here. Hello, yes, Rumblers, uh, or whatever whatever they call them. What so call he was them? able to get the star chart <laughs> and and realize that this satellite um, has been around for thirteen thousand uh, years, which eleven thousand BC. It was placed here based on what the uh, sky would look like, the star system would look like at that time. It matched right. up. So uh, London theorized the message may have been relayed to Earth by a robot spacecraft from a highly advanced civilization far beyond the solar system, which is kind of going back to what uh, your your old man Tesla was talking about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Right. So, um, so more astonishing than that, London added, the automatic vehicle may have been circling the moon for thousands of years, waiting patiently for Earthlings to acquire the necessary know-how to contact it. So there's a lot of speculation that it's there in our orbit because either we have to have the technology to get to it, be advanced enough to even understand it. You know, we're like we're being watched as we grow as humanity and the aliens are observing us. And, and it's like steps at a time, right? And which is interesting because we're we're hearing a lot more about UFO stuff now, and more videos and everything than ever before. I wonder if we're at that next step with everything maybe, that we're experiencing now. Maybe the terrarium, as I like to think of our reality sometimes. Maybe if it's a terrarium, maybe we're living in a zoo. Possibly, maybe. Hmm. Uh, maybe they're like betting on us and stuff. Like, what animal's going to survive? Well, this um, zoo needs cheaper groceries, damn it. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to um, fight for my food. And I know who to blame for that, too, and I'm not going to say it. But, hey, Pete, that's not all. <laughs> there was a message hidden in the dots of this graph. All right, so uh, Lunin was able to translate to simple English the meaning of these echo-delayed discrepancies. Imagine and, that. And this, <laughs> yeah, right? It wasn't in Spanish or anything else. Uh, but uh, you know what? I, I, I believe it's kind of, what if the aliens knew that English was going to be the uh, like kind of universal language, you know, in a way. So maybe it's like kind of foreseen. Maybe they're that smart. Published in Time Magazine, 1973. The message is as follows. Do you want to read it off, Tom Fillery? I'm going I'm to I'm fuck it up probably. Uh, so the message translated to, our home is Epsilon... How did you say that? Boetus? Boetus. Boetus, which is a double star. We live on the sixth planet of seven. Check that. Sixth of seven. Counting outwards from the sun, which is the larger of the two. Our sixth planet has one moon, 
Our first and third planets each have one. Our probe is in the orbit of your moon. This updates the position of Arcturus shown on our maps. So he was able to decipher that from these uh, radio signals and transmissions. Wow. And this was printed in all kinds of publications. I mean, it was backed up. Everybody, you know, was, was running with it. He was pretty confident in it. And, uh, but you know, just as, uh, just as mysteriously as it arrived, it's now here we are. It's mm-hmm. kind of disappeared again. Right. <laughs> right. So just like, just like, yeah, just like it has the whole, the whole time people see it and then it just kind of goes away. Hmm. It's gotta be like cloaking itself or something. Something's hmm. something's going on with this thing. So it's hard to distinguish for me learning about this was really hard to figure out what are the facts and what are not the facts, right? Like yeah. what is, what is really documented? What is really uh, the, the same information throughout whatever source. And most of it is, and uh, there's a lot of conspiracies about where they got the information. Like Tesla could have been a pulsar. He was getting the uh, periodic, you know, uh, blips of whatever information he was recording. But man, like there was something in our um, atmosphere, in our orbit that uh, caused a lot of disturbance multiple times. But the mainstream media or, you know, they ran with it. But the people, nobody really cared. And a lot of it was like Cold War was coming into to the yeah. play here. Right. And, and nothing ever really caught on. But no matter what you kind of read, what you hear, what you believe, some of this stuff is real. There was really stuff going on. You know, asteroids fall in and they just hit the Earth, right? What floats around our Earth before we even put satellites out there that we're not aware of? Right. It's just bizarre. Exactly. That's um. That's a that's a good point because the whole reason Tesla's stuff has supposedly been debunked uh, as pulsars is because that wasn't discovered until later in the 1960s. So you know when you're so when you're getting that kind of stuff, you know, 70 years prior, 60, 70 years prior, I mean. You know, they could yeah, easily just throw it out and say, "Well, that's what it was." Yeah, but this is all allegedly. So, when did Tesla die? It was kind of like on up into was it the forties? Nineteen forty, nineteen forty-three. That's crazy that he lived mm-hmm. that long. Wow, it's crazy. It's such recent, relatively recent history. You know, well, he yeah. was only ten when he 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 found this. No, I'm my joking. my dad was born in forty-two. That's nuts. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, well, hmm. that's amazing. This so, yeah, story. Y'all y- y- want to look at some pictures of it real quick? Yes, I'm dying to see the pics. Yeah. Are, 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 you, are you actually dying to see them? Hey, I even put <laughs> yes. a link in the email as well. Uh, the What is the video that I, I gave you the timestamp to play? I missed a mark here on when to play it, but you should definitely play it. Oh, yeah. No, this is perfect timing. So before we get on the pictures, in 1998, um, the Endeavor went to the space station to uh, basically attach um, whatever technology it was to connect the space stations together so like the Russians and the Americans could, you know, have dinner and lunch together, connect the the units, right? Um, Oh, now they get along. Okay. Yeah. They came back with pictures. This is so all the pictures surrounding this, to my knowledge, 
come from that single uh, mission. And the and I even have a a, a presentation thing which is irrelevant to the the show or play really, but it's a PowerPoint presentation on the the that mission and what they lost. And then all the pictures came from this blanket that they're saying is a blanket that they lost. And we'll we'll show the video if you don't mind pulling up that video. I give you the timestamp to play. Yeah, I got it up. Uh, give me one. 1998. Second. So let's not get it confused. All this has happened in 70s is like late game in this. 50s to 70s. Yeah, this, this is, is uh, this video is three years before 9/11. Oh wow, he's <laughs> good. So we're watching the people uh, in the in the endeavor, and there it is. There's audio. Is there audio playing? Uh, no, so we could talk. Oh, I got you. Are they describing it or? Yeah. So what they're talking about right now is if they're going to be able to get close to it. So keep in mind, all right, what you're seeing right now is what they um, are saying that they took all the pictures of. Right. Okay. They lost a blanket. And this was a blanket that was going on the exterior of whatever craft they were connecting to the Russian modules. And and so they took this video and they're talking about like, well, maybe a little bit later on in the mission, because they were up there for a few days, maybe it'll get closer. They're talking about how they're going to get it. Um, but it shows this flying object. And then this is where oh. it cuts off. Well, damn it. There's the curvature of the earth, you guys. Case closed. Yeah, done. And then the, and the black knight was floating out there, you saw. So I guess the point that I'm trying to say is all the photos that came after that were based off that video. Were based off that time where they were right. tracking that blanket that they lost that came off a tether, and all the all the pictures came after that in '98. So uh, just keep in mind this stuff was talked about before, and here we are. So now would be appropriate to show some pictures of the Black Knight, and we'll kind of get our own opinions. Yeah. So let me. Uh... Share the screen real quick. This is probably that that they're also very similar to this. Uh, give me one second. I thought it was cigar shaped. What the hell is even that? See, that's what I was saying. Maybe from his vantage point or something. Maybe he thought it was cigar shaped. Hmm. Well, I mean, yeah, that's that'd be. Think about even the technology they had then to look up in space. Huh. Mm -hmm. Can so we zoom in on that? That's hard. It's kind of hard to see what that is. I got. I sent you a it's really high shape. quality uh, picture. You might be able to zoom in on. It was attached. It, this one actually came off the NASA website from that um, event, which is interesting because they took like so that you could see the film was just green, uh, like a very uh, gritty. You know, just very 1998, but yet they took this picture in like 5K. Oh, that's a similar shape. That's the same thing. Same thing. There's like a little head right there. What in the hell is that? So I thought, I thought it was Boba Fett's ship for a second. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Any Star Wars people in here? The really tall, narrow one. Yeah, where it would it would land, uh, like uh, on its backside, and then it, it when it would take off, it would get up and go like whoop whoop. It would move. It would move that way. It kind of kind of looks like that. I don't know which way whoop whoop is, but uh, I don't either. 
No, I know what you mean. That's I weird. To... That's weird. I that don't look like a blanket. Yeah, I mean, there's some. There's a. I mean, it's interesting. There's there's a lot of there's a few pictures out there of it. Um, that one has probably the best clarity. Yeah, I was gonna say that's probably that's the best picture I've seen, and you're able to like really zoom in on it like that. Um, what there's the just hell? so much to be said. I'm just, I I keep getting. Uh, the 1998 thing just throws me off. It's like the, the video camera. You see that thing floating around out there? And then now it's all of a sudden we have all these really high contrast, beautiful pictures of this Black Knight satellite. And they're claiming it's a it's a blanket because of the 1998 Endeavor mission, the tether came loose. And I mean, what do y'all think? What do y'all think about that? Do you think that's – you believe that or do you – you what? I, th- just- I, I think there's stuff floating up there and – we have no idea. We have no idea. And, you know, most people don't care. Like, I was seeing all this stuff in the news about the, the, the sunspot that's 60 Earths wide and could mm-hmm. potentially cause solar flares. Nobody cares. Now, that's a guy skydiving with a that's, that's, <laughs> that's, that's, ba- that's Batman. That, that yeah, like that's, <laughs> that's, the, that's the Dark Knight. I mean, it looks like he got... It looks like it has lights, and that might uh, looks like it's got some sort of fire ignition or something. I don't know what that is. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's yeah, shooting fire out of his ass or something. That was weird. So that that did look like propulsion. Um, what was I about to say? So yesterday, um, on one of the promo pictures I put on X or Twitter. Um, I just put like the little graphic I made. I had AI make the the graphic, um, and I posted I was like, "Hey, join us tomorrow for our live stream." Blah blah blah. And the person commented and was like, "Hey, the the Black Knight satellite's not a square like that. It's like this." I was like, "Oh yeah, no, I'm aware. I just I had AI make the um just had AI make the image." And then he was like, oh, "Okay, okay, yeah, I was just wondering." And um, I was like, "Yeah, I've been trying to decide between using the AI image or um." or the actual, the real image. I just thought the AI image looked cooler. And he made an interesting point um, in, a, in a response. And he said, um, the real, he, he said, yeah, the real picture looks all right, but it's very low res, which doesn't make sense since NASA is, is the one that took the picture. You got Chris, oh. you know, like that was a very good point. You got crystal clear images of, of galaxies, right. billions and we can't light get years pictures. away or billions, whatever, billions of miles, billions of light years, whatever the measurement is, crystal clear, yeah. high res, and you can't get a crystal clear shot of this thing that's in close enough to where it's in orbit. They can guess its weight, but they can't get a good picture of it. I mean, give me a break. Yeah. And the touch on what, what Pete just said. So yeah, touch on it. Uh, <laughs> guess its weight. Guess its weight. <laughs> you know what? I'm not even gonna say it. I'm not even gonna say it. Who can out 69 one another? (laughs) Yeah, that one ready. (laughs) Oh, we're off the rails. So they said that this thing, um, they lost this jacket and that it it, it went into the atmosphere and burned up. And that was that. Boop. Um, So, yeah, they they measured it. They weighted it. They can actually get to it, right? So we had the technology to get to it, explore it, pick it up if we want to. Bring it back with us if we want to, but yet um, 
they're kind of everything's kind of quiet about it. And uh, you know, if it comes back, we're never going to see it. The public eye is never going to see it because we have hundreds of of uh, you know Tesla or SpaceX satellites down in the skies. We have space stations. We have, you could go outside, literally look up. Anybody listening, if you've never uh, experienced this, which is really cool. If you stare at the sky long enough, you can see with your eye satellites. Mm-hmm. You know, and it, yeah, it I got a, um, I got an app right here. Shows you every every satellite. That's uh, yeah, and just like every other conspiracy is, there was there was meat on the bone with this conspiracy back in the fifties through the seventies. As soon as we got into space and had the technology to, to mm-hmm. actually uh, explore this object we're no longer going to hear about it. You know, it becomes a blanket. It right. be- <laughs> that's, that's my point. It's like all the pictures come around this blanket that back in 98. Well, what about all the other stuff? And then they lose the blanket, and take all the pictures. Right. Um, like, it, so the pictures may not be of the black night, but there was still something there. So yeah. I just, I just searched on this. Sorry, Peter. I just searched on this satellite app that I have. I typed in black night and it, it is there on the app. No. Um, says artificial satellite in orbit. There's no description available for this object. It has an international designator, a NORAD ID, a launch no date, way. a launch site. This has to be something else that they just called it. It's got to be. It's, it can't be the same thing. It's really sad that we'll we'll never really have answers on this. I don't think you know. Like it'll just be just another thing. Uh, but that's really disturbing. I'm trying to see if it shows where it's at, but it's not a... Uh... Because you know we had the technology to go get it if we want it or want right. to check it out. And and who's to say we haven't? Like, you know, a couple of things I was looking at was to say means... we didn't get to it and say, nope, we're not yeah. ready for this. That means they know what it is. Or well, they don't They of, don't want anybody else looking into it. Speaking of what it is, let's get into the speculation, Peter. What do you think it is? I don't know. I, I have these... Uh, these uh fun thoughts of like you know i think sometimes i think about keywords such as firmament and you know i look at all that graham hancock stuff and sometimes i like to speculate like what if the the pyramids and all the monolithic structures of the world that are similar like what if what if they're they have something to do with the sky? Like what you know, like we're living in the zoo, right? And that's well, I just like, learned that tonight. So that's the remnants of all the stuff that made the sky function. I you know what I'm saying? I, it, this is way out there. This is out there stuff. But maybe there's stuff above the atmosphere or firmament that uh as part uh, you know the the maintenance people maybe or the people that are looking in on the zoo you know what i mean the zookeepers the zookeepers yes and they're they watch and sometimes they enter the zoo and they 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 zip around in their you know in their their vehicles and we're like what the hell was that and we we don't even think about being in you know in a zoo but uh yeah. And and then that you know maybe maybe the powers that be the TPBB or TP maybe maybe they know about the zookeepers 
and maybe they even communicate with them. Dude, you know, you mentioned that, you know, uh, Tucker Carlson went on with, uh, oh, what's his name? Oh, everybody's pissed off. It was like a couple nights ago. He was like, yeah. Dude, the stuff that's coming out is so dark and so um, just um, scary, you know, as far as humans with what they're coming out with, with all the space stuff that he's like, you know, once you, once you hear about it, you're like, oh, that's why you don't hear about it. It's yeah. just too much. It's just too much for people to understand, people to handle. Not necessarily that there's an existence, if you believe that, but w- what maybe resources they need or want or, or we're giving them mm-hmm. that to us would be just like mind-blowing, can't fathom it, but to them it's just another thing. Uh, yeah. Like You might be on to something. Like we're the zookeepers. Like it's all interconnected. And uh, the fact that you're we're, we're having this conversation – and you have people like that going on uh, their programs talking about this stuff, being it's just too dark to even talk about, right? Uh, publicly, and they pick uh, it up and, going on. and they pick it up on radar. They pick it up at NORAD, but they won't blow it up. We like blowing stuff up. Unidentified object, blow it up. <laughs> yeah. Toilet at Walmart, <laughs> blow it up. Um. Lance, what do you think it is as you, as you suck that down deep? Mm. His drink for audio listeners. I'm going to tell you what it is. <laughs> so uh, I really feel like <laughs> in 10 years, we'll have a better connection to it. I feel like everything we discuss has a connection. Somehow, uh-huh. some form, some fact. I don't believe in the photos. I think the photos, I think there's something out there. Uh, you think that's misinformation? It does come and go. And I think that uh, it even said, you know, like you have all these media sources pushing the stuff and, and commenting on this. And, you know, NASA has to be NASA and they have to have an explanation for everything. So they go out there and they take photos of this. And then some people say it's the it's to confuse everybody about the situation. I really feel like that there's stuff going on and there it, there is or was or is at one point, maybe not tonight, but maybe five years from now there will be something going on in our atmosphere that even the government's not touching. Uh, and I think the, the black Knight satellite does exist. It may not be there right now. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. Um, I really feel like, you know, the pictures, I'm not going to get into that because they were 1998, but we had pictures taken in what 64 that vanished or 61 or something that, that vanished. And then nobody's that I've know that I've seen them. So uh, I think there's an interconnection to what we're hearing about on Earth to this satellite, and it's all connected, just like we use satellites. But uh, we'll never actually know the satellite portion of it. What if its mothership is the moon? Maybe. Do y'all believe in what our our boy was saying with this this, uh, uh, encryption of the the bleeps and blops? Oh, not even close. I don't know. That's how. How are you even going to translate something like that? Yeah, it probably sounds. Uh, it, it was gibberish. It was. I understand how he could maybe possibly make the star map with the with the uh, length of time between messages, the frequencies, stuff like that. That's plausible, but translating that stuff into English, I or any any worldly earthly language, I don't. I, I don't see that. Right. Yeah, that's that's, that's too a little, much. That's a little too, too far much. for me to believe. 
Why do you believe it? You look offended. Kind of like our last episode. And he's gone. Who's gone? Oh, he's back. Okay. Did I just did disappear? I, did I disappear on your screen? You locked up on mine, but I got sh- I got Damn the shit, shit the internet. Shit the internet. Um, no, I don't necessarily believe it. Uh, you know, and and he even actually went back and said, you know, he parts like, of it may not have been hundred percent accurate. You know, <laughs> but oh, thanks. Um, yeah, say that to the end. But um, <laughs> nevertheless, our Tesla is usually right. So yeah. This is an interesting episode because we believe it exists, but we don't believe any of the stuff available. Yeah. So that means it has to exist. I would like to to believe what Lance was saying. It's all interconnected. It goes back to pyramid stuff. Like everything's interconnected, but I kind of lean more towards it's just space debris. Mm. It could be. Just because it's so random. Mm-hmm. Right. You'll see it. You'll see it here one day, and then it's gone. And like, so you you feel like maybe when they picked it up, technology just got to that point to where they they picked it up and they saw yeah. space de- uh, debris, and they were like, "Oh shit, here's some space debris," because yeah. we had that technology. Now we can see it. Space well, debris what, meaning actual, not not artificial stuff, but like a chunk of an asteroid. You know, just something. Oh, okay. Something, but something. why is it falling to Earth? Why hasn't it? Yeah. Everything kind of just mm. falls in eventually. I must. Yeah. I mean, I assume that, right? I would like to and, think it's, it's deeper, but uh, and it was going against the uh, the spin, and it was going polar. So yeah, it was it was bipolar, <laughs> a bipolar a cigar phallic. It was bi. We don't know if it was polar. There's Space. a lot of bi, there's a lot of bi things. Peter is, but polar's not one of them. Ham. <laughs> I don't know. I got nothing. I got. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, whatever it is, it's been real. <laughs> whatever it is, it's up there. It's it's real for sure. So I mean, I don't know. Like Lance was saying, if we we could go up there, we have been up there. If we wanted to get it, really research it, it's it's in it's orbiting the Earth for crying out loud. It's not like it's in Zeta Reticuli where it's you know you can't reach it. You know why? The, why hasn't? What more, if this is just more like? Um, you know, uh, what do you call it? Propaganda. Uh, you know, give the space researchers a good buttering for the uh, the Project Bluebeam. Maybe. Hey, and little little tidbit. I was reading an article. Somebody, uh, I think it was Harvard, one of the Ivy Leagues, wrote a thing about this, and they said that their source said um, that they were tracking it. And over the years, it has changed its course to avoid collision with other objects in oh. the sky. So, uh, and now I'm not going to, you know, put that into the main story because, you know, but, you know, there's there's probably a little bit more. Explore the subject. It's pretty cool. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, Just like I'm, all of our other subjects. Uh, Peter, you're about to say something? I, I need to, like, look into this one. There's, there's some areas that... Uh, some some stones that need unturning. Yeah, there's a coast to coast episode on it. I can't remember when they had a guest on there, and uh, he was kind of basically saying the same thing about how it's all ancient stuff and it's all interconnected, just like really. Lance, he ago. said that. Whoever, Damn. yeah, the guy, the guy on coast to coast was, uh, yeah, he was alluding to that pretty much. So. Damn, I gotta listen to that. Mm-hmm. So I mean, well, I mean, this was a few years ago. It wasn't Art Bell. Okay. But, um, I feel like. 
I could have swore there was an episode on that po- on that old podcast um, that he keeps uploading about this, but I couldn't find it. So, but they did one a few. It was, it was within the past couple of years. So, hmm. So yeah, very interesting. Uh, Peter, you about to say something again? Oh, I was uh, looking for my Graham Hancock book. Um, I thought someone was like outside your window. I thought you saw it outside your window, the Black Knight satellite. Uh, there it is. Uh, <laughs> no, I have uh, Graham Hancock's Fingerprint of the Gods, uh, which nice. is really good. I'm, I'm trying to get through it. It's it's pretty technical, but... Yeah, yeah. I've read it like a hundred times. But anyways... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, just I, it? All the stuff... <laughs> right? All the stuff about... So uh, you know, the... The Sphinx being way older than they think it is, and maybe before the Egyptians even got there, and there being like water damage on it, you know, like just all kinds of crazy stuff. That's yeah. that's what I love about it though, because you can connect something like this into other subjects that we'll have on on the show. You know, mm-hmm. uh, like you know, from the beginning of time, when is the beginning of time? What happened then? The Great Floods, and you know, and all the ancient stuff. The pyramids—they're all looking at the sky. You know, uh, looking at something out there that they're staring at. You know, who knows if you believe in the aliens visiting Earth with the pyramids thousands of years ago? Maybe this is interconnected with that. Yep. There's there's something more than us, obviously. So yep. I yeah. think that uh, the TPPBP, whatever whatever it's called, <laughs> the the powers that be. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think decode that one. I think they're like trying to mislead the the people about what the zookeepers actually are they want us to think that they're extraterrestrials from zeta reticuli they they're invested in building the plot of an extraterrestrial threat but i speculate wildly that these these uh, zookeepers are part of the system. Uh, maybe they, may, maybe they watch us maybe like zoo animals, us. or maybe they care about us. I, you know, who knows? Like part of us, as in, they're telling us how to kind of keep it going. That's what yeah. zookeepers are there for. Um, keep us entertained. Put that carrot in front of us. We'll chase it. Keep us in our cage. Keep us confined. Let them yep. suck the resources out that they need. Oh, yeah, they will. I went back to buy eggnog again. It's, it's too expensive. Eggnog. Wait, where are we going with this now? <laughs> uh, just the price of the... Turn. Like, the <laughs> things are too expensive in the zoo. I tell you, I got gasoline the other day. Let me tell you. Now, also $3. too expensive in the zoo. Like, you can't do anything in the zoo anymore. It's getting, it's getting, oh. uh, yeah. it's getting more pricey. Yep. Well, uh, everybody on Rumble uh, watching, if you joined us on Twitch, anybody listening to this on the podcast, go to the episode description. Our email's in there. Um, if you're listening on Spotify, there, there'll be a poll. We want to know whether you um, – obviously, whatever's up there is real, but we want to know what you think it is. Is it an ancient is alien? Is real? No, I'm just kidding. Is it an ancient alien satellite Free that's been monitoring us? Is it uh, just space debris? Uh, does, does NASA have something up its sleeve and threw it up there for something? Is, is it a failed space launch or uh, of some sort of, you know, could be anything. So we want to know what you think. So email us room 2008 ENT com. All that's in our uh, episode description. And we want y'all to join us next week. We're going to have a guest on um, fingers crossed. 
We are going to be going over the darker side of Christmas. We're going to be going over his book, The Fright Before Christmas. Mr. Jeff Belanger uh, is going to be joining joining us, and we're doing a totally opposite of what we're doing tonight. Instead of midnight, we're going to be on at 10 in the morning on Wednesday, December 20th, Eastern Time, 9, 9 a.m. Central. We'll have drinks in hand. We're going to have a good time. We will. Uh, we're going to be going into the uh, origins of Christmas, how it became Christmas, uh, and some monsters. It used to be a pretty paranormal and uh, scary little holiday there uh, that I didn't know anything about. Very dark. Oh, and yeah, cold all of all winter. Day. Yeah. Oh, yeah, all of it. So, all right, well, join us then. Uh, Room 2008 is out. Peace out. Peace out.